Yes, good morning. It's Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School. Sherman Center. Web. Let's see, what do we say? Sherman Center. Random Lake, Wisconsin. There we go. I lost, I lost track. I was trying to do two things at once. Uh, it's good to have you with us here today for our congregation at prayer. What have I forgotten? Oh, my light. Hold on. Ah, there you go. Now you can see me. Uh, yeah, it's good to have you here on this January 20th, 2021. Just an, another day in God's good creation. Um, of course, there's other things going on, um, which I think some of us rightly lament, others of us rejoice, and probably mm, neither is completely appropriate <laughs> as it is. Hold on one second. There we are. Let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Prayer memory verse for this week. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. And our psalm. Then Israel came to Egypt, Jacob sojourned in the land of Ham, and the Lord made his people very fruitful and made them stronger than their foes. He turned their hearts to hate his people, to deal craftily with his servants. He sent Moses, his servant, and Aaron, whom he had chosen. They performed his signs among them and miracles in the land of Ham. He sent darkness and made the land dark. They did not rebel against his words. He turned their waters into blood and caused their fish to die. Their land swarmed with frogs, even in the chambers of their kings. He spoke, and there came swarms of flies and gnats throughout their country. He gave them hail for rain and fiery lightning bolts throughout their land. He struck down their vines and fig trees and shattered the trees of their country. He spoke, and the locusts came, young locusts without number, which devoured all the vegetation in their land and ate up the fruit of their ground. He struck down all the firstborn in their land, the firstfruits of all their strength. Then he brought out Israel with silver and gold, and there was none among his tribes who stumbled. Egypt was glad when they departed, for dread of them had fallen upon it. He spread a cloud for a covering and fire to give light by night. They asked, and he brought quail, He gave them and gave them bread from heaven in abundance. He opened the rock, and water gushed out. It flowed through the desert like a river for he remembered his holy promise, and Ab Abraham his servant. So he brought his people out with joy, his chosen ones with singing, and he gave them the lands of the nations, and they took possession of the fruit of the people's toil, that they might keep his statutes and observe his laws. Praise the Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. All right, give me one second here. I want to try something in real time. Hold on, hold on. 
find one more. Okay, no, I need to change the setting. Our first reading today is from Psalm 106, verses 1 through 12. Praise the Lord, O give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Who can utter the mighty acts of the Lord? Who can declare all his praise? Blessed are those who keep justice, and who, who does righteousness at all times. Remember me, O Lord, with the favor you have toward your people. O visit me with your salvation, that I may see the benefit of your chosen ones that I may rejoice in the gladness of your nation, that I may glory with your inheritance. We have sinned with our fathers. We have committed iniquity. We have done wickedly. Our fathers in Egypt did not understand your wonders. They did not remember the multitude of your mercies, but rebelled by the sea, the Red Sea. Nevertheless, he saved them for his own name's sake, that he might make his mighty power known. He rebuked the Red Sea also, and it dried up. So he led them through the depths as through the wilderness. He saved them from the hand of him who hated them and redeemed them from the hand of the enemy. The waters covered their enemies. There was not one left of them left. Then they believed his words. They sang his praise. All right. So you can see how the psalmist, um, as with any good psalm or hymn, it actually um, aids in our interpretation of God's, the rest of God's word. Right. So these are um, exposition. This is preaching, uh, but it's sung, and it's sung by the people. So that, one, we don't forget who God is and what he has done for us, um, but also um, that we learn to understand the events of history properly, that is, through the lens of his word. All right. And our reading for catechesis today is from Exodus 13 and 14. Then it came to pass, when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, Lest perhaps the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. And the children of Israel went up in orderly ranks out of the land of Egypt. And Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for he had placed the children of Israel under solemn oath, saying, quote, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from here with you. So they took their journey from Sukkoth and camped at Etham, at the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, so as to go by day and night. He did not take away the pillar of cloud by day or the pillar of fire by night, from before the people. Now, the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel that they turn and camp before Pi-Hirioth and between Migdal and the sea, opposite Baal-Zephon, you shall camp before it by the sea. For Pharaoh will say to the children of Israel, They are bewildered by the land. The wilderness has closed them in. Then I will harden Pharaoh's heart so that he will pursue them, and I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all his army, that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. So they did so. Oh, and they did so. Now, it was told the king of Egypt that the people had fled, and the heart of Pharaoh and his servants was turned against the people. And they said, quote, Why have we done this, 
that we have let Israel go from serving us. So he made ready his chariot and took his people with him. Also he took six hundred choice chariots and all the chariots of Egypt with captains over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh king of Egypt, and he pursued the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with boldness. So the Egyptians pursued them, all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh, his horsemen and his army, and overtook them, camping by the sea beside Pi-Hirioth, before Baal-Zephon. And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, so they were afraid. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, and they said to Moses, oh no, excuse me, cried out to the Lord. Yes, then they said to Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you dealt so with us to bring us out of, up out of Egypt? Is this not the word that, he, that we told you in Egypt, saying, Let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. And Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. And the Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. But lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And I indeed will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they shall follow them. So I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all his army, his chariots, and his horsemen. Then the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord, when I have gained honor for myself over Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. And the angel of the Lord, who went before the camp of Israel, moved and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud went, went from before them and stood behind them. So it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. Thus it was a cloud and darkness to the one, and it gave light by night to the other, so that the one did not come near the other all that night. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night, and made the sea into dry land, and the waters were divided. So the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea on the dry ground, and the waters were a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. And the Egyptians pursued and went after them into the midst of the sea, all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. Now it came to pass, in the morning watch, that the Lord looked down upon the army of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and cloud, and he troubled the army of the Egyptians. And he took off their chariot wheels, so that they drove them with difficulty. And the Egyptians said, Let us flee from the face of Israel, for the Lord fights for them against the Egyptians. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the sea, that the waters may come back upon the Egyptians, on their chariots and on their horsemen. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and when the morning appeared, the sea returned to its full depth, while the Egyptians were fleeing into it. So the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. Then the waters returned and covered the chariots, the horsemen, and all the army of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. Not so much as one of them remained. But the children of Israel had walked on dry land in the midst of the sea, and the waters were a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. So the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians. 
And Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Thus Israel saw the great work which the Lord had done in Egypt. So the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. All right, there ends the reading. Quite a long reading, so as you might expect, quite a lot of catechesis uh, to be done. But we will endeavor to do so now. All right, scroll back up. All right, where did God lead, not lead the people? Again, to show his glory, he led them not by the way of the land of Philistines. And he tells us here, so that they would not face war and want to return to Egypt, right? Because they would have to go to war against the Philistines on the front and the Egyptians behind them, right? So instead, he led them so they wouldn't be surrounded, <laughs> kind of, um, on the wilderness road to the Red Sea, okay? Um, how did the people leave Egypt according to verse 18? This is pretty cool. It says they left in orderly ranks. Orderly ranks. Uh, that is, armed for battle. And I think uh, we've lost sight of that. I mean, we do have some church militant hymns in our hymnal. Uh, maybe probably the most famous one that you like to sing is Onward Christian Soldiers. Yeah, but who are we fighting against and what are we fighting against? We like to sing of war, but we don't. We forget who the enemy is uh, and who to who we fight against. Regardless, what important promise of the sons of Israel was kept by Moses? Talked about this the other day. Yeah, the oath that Jacob made them, or Joseph made them promise, right, that his bones would be carried with him and buried in the promised land. Um, is jo- are Joseph's bones? Have they been a sign of the law or of the gospel for them? You might argue both, right? Obviously, bones are a sign of death, right? But taking those bones to the promised land is to rem- so that they would always remember that God had promised to return them to the land of Canaan. How did the Lord lead the people of Israel? Pillar of by day with a pillar of cloud, and by night by a pillar of fire, right? Uh, what are some other occasions when a cloud is important? All right. Well, later on in Exodus, Exodus chapter 40, we'll hear of the tabernacle, and the same cloud uh, fills the tabernacle at its dedication. It's called the, the Shekinah, the glory cloud. Right? Uh, and then we're going to hear about it on Sunday, too. The Sunday being the Sunday of the Transfiguration, for those of us on the, uh, the one-year series of readings, lectionary. This Sunday is Transfiguration Sunday, where the voice comes from the cloud saying, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. Where did the Israelites camp? Pi-ha-yeroth, hard to say, pi uh, What did God tell Moses that Pharaoh would do? Now he warns him, right, that Pharaoh would pursue the Israelites, right, and God would gain honor for himself. See, he will harden Pharaoh's heart, and then I, you will know that I am the Lord, so God will get honor for himself over Pharaoh and his army. Very key. Who defeats the enemy? Not the people. God does. Uh, so what does Pharaoh decide to do? That's right. Why have we done this? That we have let Israel go. So then he aims uh, to go and get them, right? 
Uh, who went with Pharaoh? Verse 7, this is a key here. Decimate his army, right? 600 choice chariots and all the chariots of Egypt and all the officers, right? Why were the Egyptians able to overtake Israel? I forget this part of the story, maybe. Speaking of history in the making. <laughs> yeah, they've been in, they're encamped um, by the sea. Actually, the Lord has them sitting there waiting for the Egyptians to come. I think usually when it's pictured in the motion pictures or in children's books, it's like they keep running. Nope, they stop. They're waiting. It's the Lord's doing. Uh, what happened when the Israelites saw the Egyptians approaching? Of course, then. Children of Israel lifted their eyes. They were very afraid and they cried out to the Lord. And what accusation did they make? Uh, yeah, it's all right here. Verse 11 and 12. Yeah, that he had brought them out into the wilderness to die. Um, verse 12 in particular. Is the, uh, Look at this word here. Is this not the word that we told you in Egypt, saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than we should die in the wilderness. When had they said similar words? Huh. It's not when you think, but it was in Egypt. Back in Exodus 5. Then as they came out from Pharaoh, they met Moses and Aaron who stood there to meet them. Remember, and this is after Pharaoh had increased um, the demands of their labor, right? And they said to them, that is to Moses and Aaron, quote, let the Lord look on you and judge because you have made us abhorrent in the sight of Pharaoh and in sight of his servants to put a sword in their hand to kill us. Yeah. Did Moses speak to them law or gospel here in verses 13 and 14? Are those words of law or gospel? Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. <laughs> the Lord will fight for you. This is all gospel. This is good news. Yeah. And what did Moses mean when he told them to stand still? What does it mean to stand still? According to the scriptures, we lose sight of this too, I think. We always think that we have to be the ones who are active when it's the Lord who fights for us, right? Um, think of Psalm 46, verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us, the God of Jacob, our refuge. Right? Yes. Um, to stand still is to live by faith in the Lord, uh, who is the true God. Simply put. What did God tell Moses uh, in verse 16 to do? Now, lift up your rod and stretch your hand over the water. Right? That part you've seen in the Ten Commandments movie or something. And then what would God accomplish according to verses 17 and 18? Again, he would gain honor and glory over Pharaoh and his host, right? I will gain honor for myself, he says, and you, the Egyptians, will know that I am the Lord. So he'll actually bring the Egyptians at least to a knowledge of God, the mighty God, the glorious God, the, even the hidden God, we might say, not the God of mercy, but certainly the true God. Although they had kind of seen it already, right? With the ten plagues. <laughs> yeah. Who moved from the front to the back of the Israelite army? We don't want to lose sight of this. Verse 19. 
Yeah, hold your peace. That's right. Keep your mouth shut. Uh, it's appropriate when you're in the presence of God. I think we've lost sight of this too. It's, a, it's actually a good point. Um, sometimes I think what we need to do is just uh, to sit, to pray, um, and to be silent. We, we lose sight of uh, always needing to have sound, um, especially in our liturgical life as a church. Uh, no, it's appropriate for us to have a moment. Um, we inadvertently have one because we have, uh, uh, you know, the organist comes down to commune first, um, along with the other assistants, the elders and um, the usher. Excuse me, the elder and the ushers, that's right. Uh, and so there's always a time for uh, relative silence before receiving the Lord's Supper, which is a great opportunity to consider God's word, consider your own sin, um, consider the need for Christ's body and blood for forgiveness. So just hold, hold still. <laughs> Hold steady. Um, let's see. Yeah. Oh, we, we're, I asked this question. Who is it that went from before, uh, or went from before them to behind them? This is key here. The angel of God, the messenger of God. All right. We'll talk more about that in a bit. Uh, what did the people see, though? They see a cloud, right? Yeah, a pillar of cloud. And the cloud is located, it says here, between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. Darkness to the Egyptians and light um, to Israel, which is pretty cool, right? Um, God is, is hidden from the unbeliever, uh, but he's revealed to the believer. Right? Uh, what happened all night? Talked about this yesterday. God uh, caused or drove back the sea with a strong east wind. You see that? All right, so uh, let's try to describe this scene. We have the Israelites then passing through um, the water on dry ground, with the water being held, like walls, I suppose, walled up on the right and the left, as it says here. Yeah, as, as it were, a wall. Um, and, of course, the Egyptians pursuing them. What happened when the Egyptians pursued the Israelites into sea? Again, they have chariots and horses. I mean, easily should catch them, right? But you note, that it came to pass in the morning watch that the Lord looked down upon the army of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire in the cloud, which means the Lord being the angel of God <laughs> in the midst of the cloud, and he troubled the army of the Egyptians. See that? It throws them into confusion and even makes the wheels of their chariots to, uh, to come off so that they moved with difficulty. Notice when he acts. This is really key here. There's so many, so many great details says here, in the morning watch, right? Um, so that's the last watch of the night, right before daybreak. Of course then, all right, the last watch of night, uh, how might that be connected to the life of Christ? The watch would be divided into, um, into four portions. There was four watches. So this is the, the fourth watch, which would be about 3 a.m. to 6 a.m depending on sunrise and sunset, right? When did something happen in the New Testament in the fourth watch? Wow, this is a deep cut. You may not have noticed this before. I know we haven't had a catechesis on it. It's a story that's both in Matthew and in Mark. I'll read it from Matthew. All right. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. 
And when he sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the winds were contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost, and they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. Pretty cool, right? Jesus, fourth watch, water, sea. Okay, see all the connections there. Uh, Name some other times that God threw into confusion um, enemies in the Old Testament. All right, some of these might be a little bit difficult. Uh, Let's see if I can look. I'll look them up here from my notes. Uh, One would be in Joshua 10. So uh, the Lord routed them before Israel. This would be, we'll go back a little bit. Joshua ascended from Gilgal. He and all the people of war with him and all the mighty men of valor. And the Lord said to Joshua, do not fear them, for I have delivered them into your hand. Not a man of them shall stand before you. Joshua therefore came upon them suddenly, having marched all night from Gilgal. So the Lord routed them before Israel, killed them with a great slaughter at Gibeon, chased them along the road that goes to Beth Horon, and struck them down as far as Azekah and Machedah. Yeah. So there, the expression there is, is that he routed him, um, routed them, but it, it does mean that he threw them into confusion. The same word. Another example from Judges. And the Lord routed, there it is again, Sisera and all his chariots and all his army with the edge of the sword before Barak. We talked about Barak. And Sisera alighted from his chariot and fled away on foot. But Barak pursued the chariots and, his, and the army as far as Arosheth, Hagoyim, and all the army of Sisera fell by the edge of the sword and not one was left. So there it again, he routed them. That's how it's translated there. And then from 1 Samuel. Now Samuel was offering up a burnt offering. The Philistines drew near to battle against Israel. But the Lord thundered with a loud thunder upon the Philistines that day, so that, so, and so confused them that they were overcome by Israel. So that's Mitzpah. And we had the armies of Sisera, and before that we have the Canaanites um, on the occasion with Joshua when the sun stood still. All right. Back to our story. What happened when Moses um, again stretched out his hand? You see this again here. The waters will come back upon the Egyptians on the chariots and all his horsemen. Uh, What time of day was it when he did this? We just had the fourth watch. So now it's when the morning appeared, right? So at daybreak. Of course, what else takes place at daybreak? New Testament. John chapter 20. Yeah, the resurrection. Uh, What's the fate of the Egyptians here? Look at the end of verse 28. Not so much as any as one of them remained. No one survived. So what did Israel see that day? Right here in verse 30. They saw the Egyptians lying dead on the seashore and the great work that the Lord had done. As it says here in verse 31. And it causes the people to do what? Seeing the Lord's work. To fear the Lord. Right? That is to have faith in him and to believe in him and his servant Moses. How is this like the resurrection of our Lord? Again, daybreak. So we went from night to daybreak. Yeah, faith trusts in the resurrection to which so many bore witness. Now we believe by the, 
by those who, um, who saw in days of old, right? And have recorded for us in the scriptures. Think about how Paul says it uh, in 1 Corinthians 10. Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea, all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, all ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. All right, so we, we have Paul then, again, interpreting the Old Testament for us and showing us that this is a type of baptism. Right. Of course, how is uh, what great deliverance in our life then is connected to the events of the Red Sea crossing? Yes, it is baptism. This is a baptism text, as we talked about yesterday. All right, a meditation on this text. By means of water, God rescues his people from death and gives them life. In the water of holy baptism, our Lord fights for us. As Moses extended his rod over the waters of the Red Sea, so our Lord has extended the wood of the cross over the water, that he might safely pass through and escape our enemy death. As the great deliverance of God worked faith in the hearts of the people, so now the Spirit of God blows upon us in the waters of baptism and creates faith in the hearts of men. Our Lord has given us the waters of deliverance and holy baptism, that we might be certain that all our enemies have been vanquished. There, there we have died with Christ and have been raised with him, that we need not fear our death in the body. As surely as the Israelites saw their enemies dead upon the shore, so we may be certain that our enemy has been destroyed by the means of the waters of baptism. The enemy being sin, death, and the devil. Very good. All right, let's confess uh, sacrament of baptism. How can water do such great things? Certainly not just water, but the word of God in and with the water does these things, along with faith, which trusts this word of God in the water. For without God's word, the water is plain water and no baptism. But with the word of God, it is a baptism that is a life-giving water, rich in grace and a washing of the new birth in the Holy Spirit as St. Paul says in Titus chapter 3. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying. We pray today, this Wednesday, for marriage and family, that husbands and wives, parents and children, live in ordered harmony according to the word of God for parents who must rear their children alone, for our communities and neighborhoods. Pray the Lord give to all people concord and peace, that he preserve our land from discord and strife, that he give our country his protection in every time of need, that he direct and defend our president and all in authority, that he bless and protect our magistrates and all our people, that he watch over all who are in danger, necessity, and tribulation, that he protect and guide all who travel, that he grant all women with child and all mothers with infant children increasing happiness in their blessings. That he defend all orphans and widows and provide for them. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. On this January 20th, we pray in Thanksgiving with Mike, who celebrates his birthday, with James and Preston, who celebrate their baptism, with Jim and Deborah, who celebrate their anniversary. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Pray for those who are ill, receiving treatment, or recovering, especially Marcella, Jan, Kelsey, Amanda, John, 
Janet, Timothy, and Robert, Sandy, Linda, Joan, Ken, Penny, Roman, and his family. Pray for our homebound, Bev, David, Willis, and Janice, and Mickey. Pray for all the missions and mercy work of the church, especially Lutheran Church Charities and Sheboygan County Hispanic Outreach. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Prayer collect for this week. Almighty and everlasting God, who governs all things in heaven and on earth, mercifully hear the prayers of your people and grant us your peace through all our days. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Today is also the commemoration of Sarah. Sarah was the wife and half-sister of the Hebrew patriarch Abraham. In obedience to divine command, she made the long and arduous journey west, along with her husband and his relatives from Ur of the Chaldees to Haran, and then finally to the land of Canaan. She remained childless until old age. Then, in keeping with God's long-standing promise, she gave birth to a son and heir of the covenant. She is remembered and honored as the wife of Abraham and the mother of Isaac, the second of the three patriarchs. She is also favorably noted for her hospitality to strangers, Genesis 18. Following her death at the age 127, she was laid to rest in the cave of Machpelah, where her husband was later buried. We pray. Lord and Father of all, you looked with favor upon Sarai in her advanced years, putting on her a new name, Sarah, and with it the promise of multitudinous blessings from her aged womb. Give us a youthful hope in the joy of our own new name, being baptized into the promised Messiah, that we too might be fruitful in your kingdom, abounding in the works of your Spirit. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger. And I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right, we sing our hymn for this week, stanzas one and two of From God the Father, Virgin Born.
That concludes our congregation prayer for today, January 20th, 2021. So good to have you all with us here today. Again, a little bit longer catechesis, a longer story, a little bit more conversation there, plus um, a little bit of an introduction there, how to maybe understand this day. You know, not everyone is pleased. Our nation is entirely divided, at least statistically, and it's worth us remembering how to pray, um, to pray for our leaders, pray that they repent of their sin, uh, that they amend their life, and that they seek the way that Christ has given them to go, especially those who call themselves Christian. Um, and also that we can pray against them when they do great acts of evil and ask that the Lord uh, bring them to justice. Um, and that goes regardless of what political party they're affiliated with. Um, we Christians recognize um, that we're not, <laughs> our party is not of this world, uh, but we, we are with Christ and his kingdom is not of this world. And that all earthly rulers ultimately fail and fall, even the most. Um, bold and, and strong of them. Think of um, uh, Nebuchadnezzar and the vision um, that was given to him, explained to him by Daniel, that even he would fall, as all great nations do. All right, Lord be with you all. Uh, give you comfort and hope and peace, knowing that Christ is risen and that he will see us through any present tribulation um, to the life to come. See you soon. I keep getting Joe Biden pop-ups on our video. All right. Well, uh, since that happened, we might as well mention it. Um, a little conversation about uh, rulers, earthly rulers. Um, they're always in need of repentance. Right. So uh, this is what this is the best we can ask, actually, of our rulers. We actually pray for this, or we um, acknowledge that God gives us good and faithful rulers. I think that's why. Is it good and faithful, or is it devout and faithful in the Catechism? Um, either way. And so what we actually ask God for this. We ask God to give us rulers that will serve according to his good and gracious will, according to his scripture, and that thereby be faithful to him. Um, that's not always the case. Sometimes we receive exactly um, the leader that we need, who shows us the nature of our sin and our rebellion against God's word, and especially um, as a nation where we have departed um, in faith, from faithfulness to what he has established, namely his holy law. Uh, so for example, uh, you've heard the phrase life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. These are uh, categories by which our founders established uh, to, for us to define what is a good and faithful ruler, according to uh, Declaration of Independence, that they value all human life, I would say from conception uh, to the grave, that they value liberty, the, freedom, the freedoms afforded in, say, for example, the Bill of Rights, which are freedom of speech and redress, et cetera, and that they would also, um, that they would also uh, grant to all people um, the ability the, to pursue the pursuit of happiness, or originally as it was recorded as property, 
and then it was revised to happiness before the final declaration was made. In other words, that we would be free to go about our work uh, without unjust taxation, for example, or undue taxation, that we um, would be in control of our currency would be another thing that they also um, required for this to be a free and fair society. Uh, so, I mean, that's the framework that founders give uh, for us to determine what is a good ruler. And so my concern, the reason why I would um, today be lamenting is according to the platform, according to what has been said and what has already been published, um, actually our, our current leadership, that elected leadership or selected, if you prefer, does not value hum all human life and uh, especially unborn life, does not value um, liberty, um, is doing litmus tests for our soldiers, not allowing for the free expression of faith and of life, and then also um, pursuit of happiness, um, is proposing dramatic tax increases, for example. And um, I would argue that our taxation is already unjust. So um, one of the things you can do as a Christian, in light of this, I mean, there, there, there is quite a bit you can do. Of course, you can um, exercise your civil um, authorities or the civil hmm, rights that have been given to you, right? Um, Unelect un or um, recall and um, certainly write and call, you know, those elected leaders and call them um, to account for their actions. Uh, but the other thing you can do is actually you can pray for them and against them, all right? And both. Uh, and we've talked about this at length with the Psalms that we're not always good about. Um, actually praying against, imprecatory, praying against evil, praying against authoritarians and dictators, praying against uh, that which would tear our faith and life from us that God has given. Um, so you're free to do that too, and we will as well. All right, good to have you all here. I'm looking in the chat. Yes, it is a cold morning, uh, but sunny, so beautiful on, on the same. And uh, we're going to get away from the day's events, and we're going to dig into God's Word, which is our only a source of hope and of comfort, of grounding, um, really of understanding reality and um, learning the truth. So.